everybody. Welcome to Exo Squad Goals, the Exo Squad Cast podcast. I'm Chris Mastalone. I'm Ryan Hardy. And I'm Chris Barantino. And on this podcast, we talk about Exo Squad, the awesome 90s series. And in this particular episode, we're talking about season two, episode five, The Expendable. Is that why they pick you? Because you like to fight? I'm expendable. What mean expendable? It's like someone invites you to a party and you don't show up. Doesn't really matter. This episode, guys, was written by Mark Edens, who we've talked about almost every episode, and uh, and Len Wine. Uh, does that name sound familiar to anyone? Um, he created Wolverine. Yeah, he so he was crazy involved in like 90 late not 90s well 90s x-men the animated show but i'm gonna read this part from uh from wikipedia in 1975 he 1975 he and artist david cockrum great name revived the stanley jack kirby mutant superhero team the x-men after a half decades hiatus reformatting the membership in giant size x-men number one among the characters he wrote giant size x-men number one yeah amongst characters the duo created for the series were nightcrawler storm colossus and thunderbird uh, oh, Thunderbird. Yeah, right? <laughs> Everyone forgets about him, but basically, Chris Claremont once said about him... He wrote, he wrote like, X-Men for, like, 50 years. Yeah, he is so amazing. And Excalibur, my personal favorite. He said, The history of modern comics would be incredibly different if he took his contributions out of the mix. The fact he doesn't get the credit for it half the time is disgraceful. We owe a lot of what we are, certainly the X-Men, to Lion and Dave Cockrum. So, yeah, this dude was, like... A, big deal in the comics world uh he also did swamp thing he created the character of lucius fox and batman who was later played by morgan freeman um did, yeah it's kind of nuts he, didn't he oh he also wrote that um super wild batman episode where like uh batman's under like hypnosis so he thinks like he's bruce wayne and he was never batman and batman's like a separate guy oh shit uh, yeah i think it's called perchance to dream but it's sweet, yeah. Yeah, no, this guy did a lot. He also did a lot of Swamp Thing, personal favorite of ours. And, like, yeah, Swamp it's so it's really cool. So, like, there was definitely a shot later in this episode that I was like, that's a total Jack Kirby, like, panel. I wonder if it was, like, accidental or intentional. But, yeah, I really dug it. Um, Sorry, one more. He did the one where Batman is blind. Oh, no way. Yeah, he wrote the one where, where Bruce Wayne is uh, is temporarily blinded. That one's super good. Yeah, so this is like, I know personally, I really liked this episode a lot. Um, I think it's sort of does a lot of what the show does well. Like if you want to show like one episode to someone and be like, hey, this is like this show kind of like hitting on all cylinders. I think this is a great example. Uh, like, what do you guys think of this episode? Um, I, so it's significantly awesomer than uh, the last one. Um, and it's. You know, like when I was rewatching it, like scenes come back to you that you remember. And I distinctly remember um, the Jubail Barca interaction where where uh, not to give too much away, but Jubail finds out that Barca is is uh, is spying on the Phaeton. And he's like, I was just talking to Simbaka about betraying the pirates. Don't you find that ironic? Like <laughs> I re- like I that I've rem- I've been. I've thought about that scene like at least once a year for like 20 years. Like, um, but yeah, dude, that scene that, yeah, this, uh, this episode is, is really sweet. Yeah. Um, 
I think an improvement. I liked it a lot. Still ready to be done with these guys. I like that we get a little bit of uh, backstory into Torres's uh, first squad. I like that the first E-frames were um, basically those big claw machines at <laughs> any pizza restaurant you've been to. <laughs> they're like they're like way less menacing than like the Winfield frames from the beginning of the Neo Sapien Empire. They're like yeah bulbous and it's like. like Whoever did the Stentor and Amanda Connor's animation uh, drew those. Like, yeah, yeah. The, was, uh, his first job is making E-frames. The the loader from Aliens really let itself go. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you, you know, I was thinking about this when I was watching it, and like those E-frames a lot. Like, actually, a lot. I had a lot of downtime today. Um, so like those first frames are like super badass, and then these are like in my mind like the second generation which are like they basically look like a barrel with like arms and guns on it so and then like i feel like wolf bronski's frame is like the next step where it's like they kind of shrink the barrel and consolidate the guns and then they're like oh actually we can do fucking cool shit with these and then you get the <laughs> jt marshes and all that stuff um yeah let- they're like the old camrys they're just like <laughs> <laughs> kind of chubby um but i like i like i feel like a lot happens in this episode which i like and then and not in a rushed way i feel like it was a consequential episode so yeah you know it's uh, a good episode when the space battle kind of is not an afterthought but it kind of like resolves pretty quickly and it's more about the plot moving forward yeah. like some and, things came back yeah oh yeah definitely um let me just give like the quick the quick version of it you yeah. know and then we can just talk uh, i won't go through the whole thing like beat for beat but Basically, it starts out, Torres' old squad is getting, like, shot up by pirates. It turns out the pirate that killed all her friends is Jubail, uh, is like, right-hand man. So, of course, when uh, the pirates are in the fleet, who gets chosen to give them the tour? Sergeant Torres, Admiral Winfield said to show our new allies around the base. And she just fucking pimp hands Jubail with her frame, and then Marsh pulls her uh, power pack, and she can't stomp him into, you know, mush. She's going to be arrested and tried. Marsh is like, I want all charges dropped against Sergeant Torres, and your promise you won't seek revenge against her. Jubail's like, fine, whatever. Ugh. Um, then he finds Barca's going behind the Exofleet's back, talking to freaking Phaeton. Barca kills him, then frames him for collaborating. But Barker really alpha move. Yeah, huge alpha move, like Silverback. Um, <laughs> the, Very uh, high T move by Barker this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's totally the guy that takes credit for everything at the presentation. Um, so basically, Typhonus is just like the graph shield inoperative. All ships attack immediately. Destroy the exofleet. Meanwhile, Maggie is helping Algernon try to figure that shit out. So the pirates decide they're going to go balls deep with the Exo fleet. Fucking Simbaka's like, okay, uh, we have a secret planet called Chaos, which is invisible. And by the way, you can hang there. And then the Neo Sapiens attack. Uh, it turns out the pirates, half their fleet was like cloaked. So they just like wreck Typhonus's shit. And then uh, they, they all sail off to Chaos and Typhonus gets fried like... A potato. I don't know. Like I, I lost it at the very end. I almost had it. And so, but you were going to say something really off of the. Yeah, he gets he gets fried like a failing general. Uh, he gets fried like a child I once saw who got too yeah. close to the electric pole. Yeah, exactly. He stepped on that third rail. So, like that was the quick version. So, there's a lot in this episode. What 
for you guys really worked in this episode? I thought Typhonus, I thought <laughs> Typhonus disco- uh, discovering his plan while eating uh, mush. That was my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, dude! That I was I was just gonna bring up that scene. He he's like struck by a revelation, and then he looks he looks at his like his uh, his his subordinates and goes, "Of course, that's it. If you cannot attack an objective from the outside, then you must strike from within." Like you're <laughs> you're a general, dude. You are you are like the third most powerful person in the Neo Sapien military, and you're like. I've, like has the idea of like any kind of subterfuge, like anything that isn't a full frontal assault, has literally never occurred to Typhon. Does somebody prompt him, or is he just eating his food and going like, "Food goes inside"? I could attack them from the inside. He, he might be like lactose intolerant or something like that, and he's like, "Oh no, mac and cheese," and it's like it's an attack. It's an attack like the one I can make on the Exo Fleet. <laughs> If this cheese is is Barca and my stomach is Io, wait a second. Yeah, no, that's a great moment. And it's almost mirrored earlier in the episode. There's a lot of eating in this episode. Um, (laughs) I have an idea. We'll bomb them. Did you just come back from the toilet, Typhon? (laughs) I took maybe I took a poop. (laughs) <laughs> it was give me an idea and then his like second command just shaking his head like always i'm glad by the way I, that i said that and you guys jumped on it because uh, it was like that's the scene that's the most no um <laughs> that's incredible. What is, that scene also leads into some spectacular um cyber bullying of barca uh like <laughs> like when like when like when like when he answers the phone bark is like i don't work for you i work for phaeton and then typhonis is just like i command this sector you will take your orders from me an underrated skill of any like super villain is the ability to like handle your like bitch like your star <laughs> like yeah no megatron <laughs> always had starscream you know where he wanted him let's say right uh, or like Dr. Robotnik had like Weasley. There's always like, yeah. And like, and the management of that guy is a crucial supervillain ability. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. So can I, I just want to go back to the, since we talked about like a mess hall scene, uh, one of the best scenes in this episode is after we find out that Torza's squad was killed by Jubail and his buddies who, uh, it's, you know, it's funny cause the E-frames have evolved, but the pirate ships are just the same as always. Immediately after they get in, the pirates get into like the exo fleet, they're just sitting in the mess hall, being like, "And then I uncloaked right on his tail. He never knew what hit him. <laughs> and then he tried to surrender." <laughs> Have some fucking like chill, dude. Like you just got here. Jubail is a savage. Yeah, <laughs> he is a monster. So, so first of all, they ambush Torres' squad, and this is like her. This is like her first mission. Like she's fresh out of the academy. Like she looks totally different. Yeah, uh, she looks the same, but the frames are different. Yeah, the exact same animation. She's not aged a day. <laughs> I was like, you could have given her like a different, slightly different haircut, but that's fine. I'm not. I'm not upset. Yeah, ish. <laughs> um, so Jubail's uh, team kills her entire squad. Uh, and then she is shot down and Jubail rolls up to her frame and has a gun and it looks like he's going to shoot her. Uh, but what he does is he cracks her canopy 
uh, so the oxygen leaves. So she's gonna he, she's gonna suffocate, uh, and then Jubail and like Jubail just pieces afterwards. He's like, I could finish you off, but it'll be more fun to think of you slowly running out of air, and then rolls out. Like it's it's hard. Yeah, that's like the hardest shit, man. Yeah, and that's like what they're talking about. The pirates are talking about when she comes in and she attacks them. Again, we kind of get the Reinhardt and Law of laser beams with the punch from her uh, from Torres's frame to Jubail. Like that should kill him, right? Shat- should should shatter him. Like yeah, all the ribs, just yes. just ribbles rolling around the floor. But yeah, then <laughs> she almost stomps him, which would have been so awesome. But JT Marsh ruins the fun. That guy's such a wet blanket. Yeah, he he's the worst. I just want to have like worst. fun with the pirates. My my cold is making me a little slower tonight. Nice. <laughs> a jerk. Um, <laughs> what well, this episode also has one of my favorite things in science fiction, which is like the economics of a life debt. Yeah, like Chewbacca stuff. Like when because Torres is in Torres is sent to jail, and uh, J T Marsh is pleading for his for her release, and Winfield is like. Well, I can't, you know, the pirates, uh, you know, I'm not, I can't go against the pirates. And J.C. Marsh is like, what if I could persuade Jubail to request her release? So he goes to he goes to Jubail and Simbaka. Uh, and there's that really badass line where Jim Marsh is speaking and Jubail's like, you can't speak here, Marsh. And Simbaka's like, he's earned the right. Like, he's yes. such a bad like, like, like JT Marsh is pirate badass. Like, <laughs> even even the pirates know that he's just like a savage. Um, yeah, you don't and, fuck with Marsh. Yeah, Marsh is like, you owe me a debt, Jubail. I need you to to not press charges. And then Jubail is like, I'm not going to do that. And then JT Marsh is like, well, then your debt's not paid. And then like all oh, like that's too much for Jubail. Like, <laughs> the best part is he when he first turns him down, all the pirates are like. <gasps> Oh shit! Like they start throwing shade at him, and he's like, "Fine, whatever." Like you know, he pays it begrudgingly, but then he gets killed. So, yeah. guys, do you have any parting memories for the late great Jubail, the original Mustache Man? Um. So I, I really like the. I, I think they don't play with it a lot, but I think it's an interesting idea that Jubail really hates the Exo Fleet, but he's really loyal to the pirates. Like Barca, like like, and he's really loyal to Simbaka. Like he's like Barca is like in it for himself, clearly in it for himself, and like wants like is doing this out of self-preservation. But like Jubail is doing what he feels like is being a good pirate, and the fact that that like conflicts with the Exo Fleet, I think, is kind of interesting. Um, is he the original Mustachio, or is that like a character we saw in season one and then didn't come back? I think he might be the original Mustachio. I've been wondering this. Um, that's neither here nor there. I really like the fact that he gets killed. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was really, like, I didn't see it coming. I mean, I've seen it before, but, like, you know, I just, I thought it was really, like, oh, he's going to take another laser to the chest and be fine. But apparently a tiny laser is way more powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's like, this guy was a traitor. <laughs> you know, that's how I said was. <laughs> um, but I thought that was really cool. I, again, it's it's... It was really, um, it was a meaningful death, and that's all any of us really want. <laughs> it's it's kind of everything a pirate wants in the end. Yeah, it's but, you know what I mean? Like, but, I thought, yeah. like, oh, like, Barker got the better of him. That's not how I thought it was going to go. I thought Jubail was, would have come out. So I like how that has played out now that I've seen 
And it's kind of cool to me that, uh, and actually this may be a first ever, um, Barca kills him off screen. They tussle and then you hear a gunshot and you see Barca like, you know, walking around. And then they kind of just, you know, you're like, oh, maybe Jubail's playing possum. And it's like, no, he's, he's just dead. He's just, he, they point to his corpse and take him away. Like he's straight up like dead. There's no fun coming back, you know, which is weird for an off-screen death. Well, he's kind of like below the frame. He's like, he's not in the shot. Yeah. But he's not, it's not like, it's, you know, someone's, you never saw, the imagine you never saw the scene and someone came in and goes, Jubail's dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's like, he just sort of is like, Jubail's oh, behind you, what? Um, that, was a bad, that was a bad description of it. So, but yeah, he's like, he's like under the camera. Yeah, exactly. Um, can I, I just want to touch on something I found really interesting in this episode. So in the middle, about, you know, say two thirds of the way through, you have the pirates negotiating with the Exo fleet. It's Mbaka, Winfield, Napier, and a whole bunch of guys. And including James, who doesn't say a word, poor guy. Um, and they're talking about kind of the, the terms and conditions to the pirates joining the fight. And I found this really interesting because like in our Eden's interview um, and just from watching the show, it's this is a World War II analogy, like straight up. And this is the Yalta conference right here, right? Like, yeah. you know, and basically I was thinking about it. I'm like, the pirates are kind of the Russians. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah. Good point. Where they're like, so basically the pirates want Mars after the war is done. Okay. Right. But they're like, you know, so they would give up the outer rim planets and then go to mars and it'd be fine but they want to exterminate all the uh, neo-sapiens which winfield says no to um so mars is basically like poland in this like yalta analogy right where it's you know they're talking about splitting it up and who's going to run what and all this and eventually they give it to him sort of conditionally but uh jubail before his untimely death has a great line Sapiens have been eliminated. Who do you think the Exo Fleet will fight next? And I found that so interesting because that's like exactly like the USA, Britain, Russia meeting where they're all like, shit's going to go down after the war, guys. Like, let's not get too comfy. But they bucket here with Simbaka and Simbaka even goes one further. So, I mean, I, I thought that was like a just really cool World War II tie in right there. That is super cool. Yeah, I always in my mind, I was like, OK, the. Humans are the allies. The Neo Sapiens are the um, Germans, and the pirates are—they're just pirates. Yeah, they represent nobody in this. They're just the pirates of World War Two, <laughs> which would be a really interesting uh, young adult series, the Pirates of World War Two. It would be, but no, but that's a really uh, spot-on analysis, Chris. Thank You've you. done it again. Oh, th- thank you, thank you. It's, it's not as heartbreaking as the fucking. Uh, What's your face? Finding out that her family's been shot into the sun. But... That's still the most yeah. brutal moment. In the show. <laughs> it, it really is, right? Oh, yeah. Terrifying. Um, other cool moments from this? Uh, I'll, I'll say just two really quick. One, when they find out that the uh, Neo-Sapien fleet's coming after them, they, uh, they, you know, Winfield's on the horn with some tech guy, and he's like, he's like, sir, there was a spy discovered. And Winfield's like, a spy, huh? What's the status of the Neosepian fleet? And the guy's like, checking sensor scans. They're getting underway, Admiral. Heading straight for us. But I loved how like calm he was, like practically putting him on hold for it. 
the other last thing from me is there's a moment where uh, Torres is flying around. You know, they have a big space battle. They're doing a delaying action. And she gets some people on her tail, like in the uh, opening of the show, the episode. And it actually is Hollis. It's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Who, uh, who saves her. And she says very cordially, thank you, pirate. And he's like, my name's Hollis. And, you know, they're like, she's making, so she actually has a bit of an arc from start to finish here where she actually makes a connection with the human, you know, on the other side. So I thought that was really a cool moment. This, this is the episode two with the Maggie Weston, uh, Algernon interactions, right? Yep. Where she stops being the proverbial potted plant, just kind of sitting there and they actually give her something to do, which is awesome. And where she gets to show how great she is at fucking like engineering, which is great. Yeah, she's super smart. Where's Nera Burns been? I don't know. Is she she on the ship and just, is she just napping? Like, have I not seen her? Well, she, she, Takagi, Wolf Bronski gets like one line. Um, A lot of them are kind of on the sideline right now. You know, I think the pirate arc is kind of taking up those roster spots, you know? Seems like it, yeah. Um, Which, for better or for worse, you know? Yeah. Um, one random moment that I really like is when Simbaka calls Woodfield on a screen and it's a giant screen and his head is overshadowing him. Oh, I love yeah. that like in the future we'll talk to each other on overly large screens. And when, um, when they go to the reverse shot too, Winfield's face is like totally splashed across. So I was wondering, I actually wrote this note. I'm like, are all view screens in the future just like on extreme close up, and that's the only setting? <laughs> like, yeah, it's just a wide angle lens, really close. <laughs> oh yeah, it's really close. It's like just his, it's like his chin and his up to his yeah. eyebrows. It's like you know when Ninja Turtles when they do a really close shot of Krang, it's like that <laughs> angle. Shredder, yeah. move the camera away from yeah. me. <laughs> Bring me a body. <laughs> Build me a new body. Oh, Shredder is the best. <laughs> Krang was the best. I, 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 um, I love that. That techno drone. Oh, man. We'd play techno where we used to if it wasn't for the damn turtles. <laughs> the turtles just narked him out hardcore. It's a club at night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So we're running a little long, but like, who's your MVP for this episode, guys? Um, I I gotta give it to uh, to the late Great Jubail, um, for giving a commanding performance uh, in fucking up uh, Torres's squad. Uh, and then I don't know. I think his arc, I think his his like role in this from like being with like being allies with Marsh. And then like, or like uneasy hours with Marsh and then um, winding up betraying, Bar- like getting caught by Barca is like a really interesting story. Um, I got to give it to Jubail too. I feel I like to be different, but I think like he's one of those characters that I think turned out to be more interesting than he appears at first. Um, especially if he is the mustachio from the beginning. But you know what I mean? Like it's like there are characters where you're just like, yeah. Hello. If, if, if he, sorry, there's a train that goes through my backyard. Yo, if if he if he is Mustachio though, 
he invented the concept of two battle wars. <laughs> yeah, yes. he say he he actually won the war in the end because if if the pirates don't retreat, the Exo fleet just has no allies. They get smoked, and that's it. It's the Phaeton show. Yeah. Um, Phaeton and the fam. Like because of Jubail, we actually have a a show and a fighting chance. Um, I'm gonna say Torres, just because. Like I said, her arc going from having having them them night sweats over suffocating in space to actually befriending a pirate and, you know, being like we're on the same side. I think that's a really cool arc. And she's a character that has not had that much to do over the course of the show. So it's really awesome to see her getting her due. So, yeah, I really like I really like that. I like that she gets a little time, a little backstory. We see her PJs. Yeah. Vulnerable. Also, for being an elite squad, members of Able Squad are in the brig like a lot. Like, <laughs> like once every like four months, one of them is like facing like death charges. Like, <laughs> yeah, like attempted murder, fucking treason. Yeah, yeah, a couple of them go under for sedition, uh, striking a superior officer. Uh, they spend that year in prison uh, together, and then they come. Yeah, fuck the rules. I'm going in. Able squad. Yeah, man. That's part that's part of being a uh, a rogue squad. They won't play by the rules. Yeah. Not playing. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, um, do you have anything you'd like to plug this week? Um, as always, uh winter is coming. Coming. Two loopy ladies. Visit two loopy ladies dot that's something they have a website. Go to Etsy. Look up two loopy ladies and buy, buy something. It. Or Chris will whisper. Everything. Uh, every, everything. Shh. That's all I got. I'll never stop. Um, you got anything, Ryan? Or um, hmm, what can I? Oh, I started watching The Keepers on Netflix. That's uh, really good. Uh, recommendations. I actually. Oh, sorry. Is that, that different than no, a plug? No, no. This is this. Pl- plugs are for ads. Recommendations are for pointing people to stuff. But this is the recommendations now. Ryan recommends The Keepers, which yeah. is really awesome. What do you like about it? Um, the story is really interesting. Uh, it's really, it, it reminds me of like the really, like all of the good parts of making a murderer without the, um, without like the parts that like kind of drag or the parts that make you feel like, like really hopeless about society. Like, yeah, there's, I mean, there's some really heavy stuff. So, uh, I guess trigger warning if you have issues about priests and murder and, things with kids are people supposed to not have issues with that i mean if you're a murdering priest with kids sure go figure you're aggressively <laughs> oh that's really a right right up your alley yeah if you don't really enjoy the keepers if you have <laughs> issues with this stuff don't worry yeah right um i'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in and recommend uh china mielville's uh october i believe it is oh I've, how is that i've been you know i've been listening to it actually on audible.com please sponsor us um and it's, it's really good so far um it's a really interesting look at the uh, russian revolution but it goes sort of into uh the events that led up to it and but in sort of all focusing around saint petersburg so you know like the czar that was assassinated by bomb throwing proto marxists and how you know a, one guy gets hanged and it turns out to be a lenin's older brother and that's part of what brings him into the fold and you know so it's really interesting how it keeps you see this small 
you know, snowflake turn into a giant avalanche. But it's all it's great because it's all focused on just this one city um, and its role in the thing. So definitely check that out. It's really it's really pretty cool so far. That's cool. I read um, I read Kraken by him and that was super, super good. Plus, it's always fun to say China Meowville. China Meowville. But that's the, that's the wrestler. Yeah, exactly. Triple H, yeah, tri- Triple H uh, needed a little heavy, so he brought in China Meowville. Wrestler slash futurist novelist. <laughs> <laughs> what you got, Chris? Um, this is a, an old one, oldie but a goodie. Thanks to the power of Netflix, we started watching The Office. Oh shit! And, and I find it fascinating because, like, I don't know if it's dated or just an interesting satire. Like, I'm like, I don't like Steve Carell's. They're all great. It's funny. And I'm like, I don't know what his job, like why he's good at his job other than the fact that he's like a white man. Like he can't get fired, but he's like super racist and sexist and does everything wrong. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, this is funny. And it's, I get that it's a satire, but it's also like, you know, in the times we live in, it's just a very interesting like watch. Um, given, given the current state of the world. Anyway, guys, so overall, good episode. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're coming back. Yeah, I think, I think we're on to uh, bigger and better things going forward. Um, our next episode is going to come out next Saturday. It's for the episode Mindset. And, you know, uh, as always, I'd like to thank Eric Calderon for our intro and outro music. You find the stuff at 331 E-Rock on YouTube, or if not that, then something close to it, because I just totally flubbed it a little bit. But anyway... Uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter at ExoSquadGoals, hashtag ExoSquadGoals, email us at ExoSquadGoals at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to hear for you, from you, for you. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, feel free, and we encourage you to leave a rating for us. Five stars is the exact right amount of stars. Write a review. Let people know. Talk to them. Share us. We just got a new review, which I liked. It was a very good one. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, man. Like, you know, in the words of Rambo... Part two, first blood part two. What's the spendable Rambo? It's like when everyone's having a party and you're not invited. You're not expendable Rambo. And then immediately gunned down by AK fire. So for Exo Squad goals, I'm Chris Mastalone. I'm Ryan Harrity. And I'm Chris Farrington. Are there any heroes in this company? No, no sir. sir. Boom. Thanks, guys. Awesome work, guys. Bye. That's the end of the episode. Go home. Yeah. That, like, pile of Typhonesses is weird, right? Like, that's not, like... (laughs) Can I tell you the weird part for me? It's that they're all fully dressed. (laughs) Yeah! What's he gonna have like a bunch of naked typhonuses hanging around? I mean, is, is, are the clothes part of his body? Like, who put the clothes on? Do they like start the typhonus inside a much like larger outfit and then he grows into it? Like, or was there like an assist? Was there an assistant who was like, "And do you want them clothed?" And he was like, "Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> you know." <it's> like, <laughs> Throw a collar jumpsuit on him. It's like asking somebody if they want cheese, extra cheese. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> poor, the poor weirdo mad scientist that does all the cloning. Like, <laughs> It'd be weird, right, if I didn't have them to close on, right? That would be weird. Like, he has to, he's getting opinions. 
Yeah, like, uh, Shiva comes by and he's like, Shiva, check this out. He's like, why do you have, like, 50 naked Typhonuses? Also, why would you make your worst general a, a clone? Why would you, like... He was really crappy, so I've made 50 of them. Typhonus is executed for gross incompetence. <laughs> and... It's like, it's like making a bunch of, um... Oh god, what's his name? Oh, I don't even remember his name. He was a movie star for, like, three years. Sam Worthington. It's like, I'm gonna make a bunch of <laughs> Sam Worthingtons. Like... No, like, that's, that's one, one is more than enough. You failed the casting call for the last time, Sam Worthington. Allow me to introduce Sam Worthington. <laughs> Hello, Sam Worthington. We just fired him from our last movie, but I've got the solution. More Sam Worthington. I was, this is a different tangent, but I was going to say, do you ever feel like Simbaka is like a, a six-year-old who wished he was big? <laughs> <laughs>